Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as phenomenal as a seven-goal thriller in Frankfurt, fantasy advice as shocking as Schalke picking up three points, and two pundits who both had match days to forget last time out. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy, season four, match day 29. And joining me, as always, I'm going to keep calling him the fantasy football god. It is Flo Reinecke. Uh, Flo, a, a bit of a rough weekend, although I have to say I felt bad about my team and then I looked at yours and I felt oh. a little bit better. I know that makes me a bad person, but I can't lie. Yeah, that that definitely makes you a bad person, James. How dare you? <laughs> Terrible. I, I, I would never... <laughs> Uh, in my life, like gold about being better in fantasy oh, they, than someone else. This is one of those moments where I wish on, so I wish cool on my form. soundboard I had a clip of all the times that you've done it and I could just hit play right now, <laughs> but I, but I yeah. don't. <laughs> and that was really a match day to teach me a lesson because all my players did all right. And that's a funny thing, but no one broke like 10. I had a few players picking up 10 points, but that was the maximum. And in the end, I got 95 points, uh, I guess. So bad results. But no one, like, okay, I had Marvin hits. I'm not sure what I was thinking when I brought it. I, like, I, I'm in the camp of goalkeepers don't matter. But if you're Marvin hits, maybe they they actually matter. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, like, I'm, I'm staying in this camp. Maybe maybe uh, this week will, will be better. I hope not because he's playing Brim. But I guess he's due a clean sheet, maybe. And... Yeah, but uh, everyone else was fine. I, I think all like the logic behind all my choices were okay. It, it it just didn't went the way I saw it. Starting out with Freiburg, yeah, really shitting the bat uh, at Bielefeld, and and then that that was a bad start yeah. into the match day as a whole. Then I went with going with Kostic, even though uh, he had a tough matchup against Wolfsburg because I thought he's a guy I just I, I bring in now and then I leave in my squad. And for some reason, even with a 4-3 yeah. <laughs> scoreline, like he wasn't doing much in that game. But I mean, that's going to change. Player did score. Yeah, I was so happy for but you. <laughs> still got only 10 points. I, I mean, that was so like... The whole game was changed after the the red card for for summer, and I had three Gladbach players. So that's that's also something like I think in the end they had like seven shots on goal or nine shots on goal, and that's of course because they were down to ten men. Um, and so don't beat yourself up if you invested in Gladbach. You can't foresee red cards. Uh, it's just stuff that happens. And then I mean Leverkusen. What, what are they doing? We we talked about that. Like they were setting the record for the match with the least amount of shots last week with 10. Involving Schalke. And they went yeah. on to play at Hoffenheim. And in the end, there were nine shots in the whole match. Two for Hoffenheim, seven for Leverkusen. And it's like just looking as like we don't want to do anything to do with Leverkusen assets in the near future absolutely although that might like i'm 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 not like i'm i might wi uh, be willing to to break that rule i just set up on this match day because they're playing against cologne and like standalone yeah. fixture flexibility yeah you just feel that leverkusen is like they have too good of a squad to play like this 
to have like 13 shots on goal in two matches combined under Hannes Wolf, that's really ridiculous. And that's uh, what, what's, yeah. Ian, only 15, 15 them shots, from, right? Or, uh, was it, no, six and seven, 13. That's seven 13, at 13 Hoffenheim shots. and six against Schalke. So that's 13 in my, yeah. my book. No, 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 it is. You're right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that just from this side... It's not good enough. I have to say, I mean, I've I've commentated some drab nil-nil draws in my time, but I genuinely think the one on Monday was the worst one ever because the pre-match expectations, when you look at Hoffenheim, you look at Leverkusen, you go two attacking teams that like to play attractive football and go for the, the jugular at times. And then to dis, to put in that display, I came out at the end of it and went, oh, really, I'm never getting those 90 minutes back. Um, it was really one of those where arguably the highlight of the whole entire game was a rugby tackle from Christoph Baumgartner, you know, which was, that tells you the whole tale of the tape. But yeah, I agree with you. They're a conundrum. We're going to be talking about Leverkusen a lot today because I think, yeah, they, they have given people a few headaches and Hannes Wolf is making a very good fantasy side look bad which isn't good for us no and so actually you know what that's the perfect segue into our first listener question yeah James before we move on I I wanted to say something like it's it's really yeah great days for you yesterday I I saw you making a field interview with Jude Bellingham I did yeah you did I didn't I I did indeed yeah yeah I got to I got to talk to him last night yeah and and that kind of went viral on Twitter. So congratulations to that. And like one day later, you're sitting here talking to the fantasy football god himself. I mean, that's just... I know, right? <laughs> well, I get this privilege like every, every you're, week. You're a celebrity, James. I, I, I do all right for myself. Uh, no, I, it was... it was. I mean, I've talked to Jude Bellingham a couple of times this season, but yesterday was a fun one. It really was to kind of get his thoughts at the end of his debut Champions League campaign. But I, I cherish the talks with you a lot more on a weekly basis, I'll be honest, Flo. Uh, oh, because yeah, I, you're I, flattering you know, me, James. Well, they're, they're one of the highlights of every week. Jude Bellingham is a once in a, you know, once in a every now and again, you know, so he can't take too much credit for that. Oh, but on, on I'm, that, no, I'm I, clipping this and I'm <laughs> sending that to him. There you go. There you go. You can do that. Um, <laughs> I, no, funny enough, actually, so I, I caught him on with the official interview and I hung around near the car park just in case I could catch him kind of off the record. But I don't know whether he was having a long chat with Pep Guardiola or whatnot, but I stood there for a good half an hour and he did not emerge. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'll, I'll leave it for another time. Probably um, security called in and said, here's a creepy guy yeah. <laughs> lurking well, no, at the parking lot. <laughs> Guys, you have to you have to leave another exit. That, that, that could well be the case. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all. But on that note, because, you know, we're talking about big moments and congratulations. So before we go into the, the listener questions, big moment for you today, you know, putting out a tweet about your book for the first time and a competition that people can can win a little something. Um, but the fact is, like, we're very close to that coming out now. So that's uh, that's awesome. No, it's, it's already published. You, you can buy that. Oh, yeah. And, and Wait, I thought it was coming th- out Thanks for mentioning April. that, James. But like oh. now it, it feels like a bit we were like, I rub your back, you, you rub my back moment. <laughs> We've got to but do we it. We didn't talk about like that we sh- would do anything like this at all before we recorded. So that's a disclaimer. It, it came naturally. I just wanted to, um, cause I s- saw the clip of James talking with Jude Bellingham. I wanted to mention that and I wanted to surprise him uh, by that. And, uh, well, I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for mentioning uh, my book so everyone uh, can uh, uh, follow me on Twitter. Or don't have to follow. You can just check the tweet and hit the retweet button and you're in the lottery for free 
Uh, Werder Bremenburg. So um, uh, might be a bit of a niche topic, but uh, feel free to uh, try your luck. So far, like your chances are not that bad. I think it's, <laughs> it's like 13 or 14 and I'm, I haven't checked how many of these retweets are actually bots. So yeah. uh, <laughs> if, you me, are, right? if you are a bot, you're, you're not uh, allowed to compete. But, and and I, I've, uh, I've, re I've retweeted and I'm, it. I'm going to ship yeah. that internationally. Yeah. So I have, to, I have to say that. So uh, no matter where you live, I'm going to send you that copy if, if you're the lucky winner. Well, good. I mean, yeah, Talking Fools by Fantasy listeners should definitely get involved. Go give it a retweet. I, I have re retweeted it, but I don't want to win. Like, I will happily buy a copy of your book. I'd rather it go to someone else uh, as a nice little prize, but I wanted to, and we'll do it off the Talking Foosball account. I'll retweet it off there as well to get it a bit more traction, um, which on the one hand, I'm kind of like, it's, it's, it's lessening the odds of the people that have entered, but at the same time, we want more people involved, I'm sure. So yeah, it's one yeah, of those. I, I think at, at one point, I'm definitely going to add the tally of books um, uh, to two, maybe three, uh, two free copies. But I have to say, I like I got 10 copies uh, from the uh, publisher for free. And I mean, they're my parents and my father-in-law and, you know, everyone wants to get a piece of that. Um, I'd hope so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they should be proud of you. I'm sorry, I, I had yeah. in my head it was coming out at the end of April, not at the beginning of April. So, yeah, my, my bad on that front. But I'm very, yeah, then congratulations for the fact that it has come out. No, it's actually like the, the date was set on today. Ah. But for some reason, it's uh, it says uh, publishing uh, 5th of April. So uh, it should have been in the stores for 10 days. But I think that's a mistake because uh, I saw before that it wasn't published. So I, I, today, I think, is the day uh, it's published. And I, I checked. You can order it online and it will be shipped to you uh, by Saturday on certain publishers. So it, it should be available. And re I'm really sorry for uh, dragging that out uh, <laughs> probably longer because uh, I, 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 I'm looking at the clock now, James. Oh. It's, it's a lengthy intro. So everyone... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely doing some fantasy content now. We, we are, we are. But yeah. I, I would like to think that people are tuned in for us as well as our fantasy content at times. So I don't mind taking a moment just to promote your book because I think it is it is a great thing. I yeah. know you worked really hard on it and oh, I, I can't I, wait to read it's, it. It's, it's my first and, and really I'm I'm excited and I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a bit of uncertainty. I've never like, this is stuff I've never done before and I, I really hope that, that people... Uh, like the book and uh, appreciate it. And well, I for one cannot wait yeah, to read it, my yeah. friend. I really can't. So uh, I, I look forward to getting my hands on yeah. a copy um, and I may jump on Amazon right after we finish. Or I might, you know what, maybe while you start rambling on about something fantasy, I'll get on my phone and order it on Amazon while we're recording go, today. Go to a bookstore. <laughs> but okay, let's, yeah. let's move on to some fantasy stuff um, and give the people what they are really here for. Um, and so we do have some listener questions. And as I mentioned, Leverkusen will be a big topic. Yeah. But our first one comes from at Gerald Yu, who says, what are your thoughts on keeping Demebay and also will Freiburg bottle it against Schalke like Augsburg did? I don't think that Freiburg will bottle it against Augsburg and if you look at the stats, I mean um, I'm, I'm fairly bullish on Freiburg this week even if they lost four out of five uh, of the last matches because I had the feeling that Schalke were drawing the wrong conclusions out of the game against Augsburg. I mean they were really lucky to win that game. I yeah. saw that um, I, I saw the whole game, like they had a decent first half and like 
Augsburg was able to pile on pressure in the second half. And in the end, I think that Augsburg had, I, I checked that, but I think around 15, 13 shots. They were leading 13 to 7 in shots. And Augsburg, usually they have an average of nine shots. So they, they, they gave, they had four more shots on goal than their uh, average, their season, seasonal average. And that's like the most important stuff to me. And a guy like Ruben Vargas, for instance, I think he did pick up eight points or stuff like that and uh, them without scoring a goal. So I, I think that even a side like Augsburg uh, were able to pile on pressure, they had 55% of the ball uh, of, of the possession again, uh, at Schalke And like Gramotzes was was talking up the Schalke game as if it were like a major feat they just accomplished. And <laughs> well, come uh, on. in the context of their season, them picking up three points is a is a major feat. Yeah, it is. But you have to say, yeah, we we have to be better than that. We were under pressure in the second half. We were lucky to get away with the win. That definitely stuff we have to a lot of stuff we have to improve on and I wasn't hearing that message from Gramotzis yeah. and uh, that's just something that uh, in my mind sends the wrong message and I expect that Freiburg will at least be able to pile on shots against Schalke and probably goals as well uh, especially with uh, Schalke's Uh, inability to defend set pieces. Yeah. So a guy like Christian Günther, for instance, uh, definitely. Uh, I brought him in last week, didn't work out. I'm, I'm happily keeping him for this week. Well, th yeah, that's it. With, with Günther and with, with Roland Schalai, who I'm sure many people brought in on the Friday night when they saw him in the starting lineup, I was one of those as well. I doubled yeah. up on Günther and, and Schalai. Me too. And the fact is, okay, it's disappointing that they didn't pick up points in that game against Bielefeld, but the point with the Freiburg players that we were making last week is it was their next five five games that are good. And so over the course of those five games, if they have maybe two or three where they're hitting double digits, I think for their price, well, Shalai's price range especially, you can accept that. With Gunter, he's a mid-range option, so you'd prefer him to have at least three out of the five where he's hitting double digits. But hopefully over the long term, those moves will pay out. And that could happen against Schalke, because I do agree with you. I don't think Freiburg will be as bad as they were against Bielefeld, and I don't think Schalke will be as tight, let's say, as they were against Augsburg. Yeah, although my argument was they weren't tight against Augsburg. Like I said, that Augsburg had chances to score. They at least had shots. And that's what, like, that's what matters the most in fantasy. And, I mean, look at the Schalke goal. It was a, a, a clear goalkeeper mistake that led yeah. to the goal of Sada. And they had one decent opportunity apart from that. That was a shot. Uh, of Sada as well. Uh, I think their uh, expected goals value was 0.5 for Schalke in that match. It's probably uh, one of their best all season. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah I, I'm just saying, like, I'm, uh, I think in, in football, too much is read into the result yeah. of one game. And you shouldn't do that. Uh, uh, look at the deeper lying stats, especially if you want to make fantasy points um so i'm 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 not panicking that that schalke uh, did keep a clean sheet against augsburg yeah Uh, yeah, I'm loading up my Freiburg players. I'm feeling good about yeah. it. What about Demirbay then? Where are we at with him? I saw, I personally sold yeah, him. I'm not feeling good about him, yeah. but he isn't a must sell either because like 
we said what Leverkusen has done so far under uh, under Hannes Wolf, which is nothing really. It's like if you were told, uh, you had told me I should predict the worst that could happen under Hannes Wolf for fantasy. For Leverkusen, it would be twice as good what actually happened. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's horrible. But at the end of the day, they're playing Cologne now. Maybe like there's some underlying idea which they grab in the third time they're out. I'm not sure. But at least you can hold up hope for that. Cologne is coming with a new coach, Friedhelm Funkel. He's definitely one of the guys who likes to park the bus. Um, that's what I expect from, from Cologne which could lead to a lot of set pieces for Leverkusen. And that would definitely be a positive for Demir Bay. So, yeah, I'm not loving him, not looking to, to buy him this week. But like, if you have more pressing matters in your squad, um, I would keep him and just hope that he has a good performance against Cologne. Yeah, that's it. I think irrespective of their fixtures, people may have been looking at this Köln game as a last chance saloon for any Leverkusen assets. But then when you take into account the fact that they're playing Bayern and Frankfurt next after this, it's a 100% last chance saloon. So I agree with Flo. Holding on to Demibai, not a bad idea this week because that game, could, it could be one of those that the first two games are, are them building the foundation and this one, they kind of release the shackles on this Leverkusen team against, you know, Köln uh, because while it may not be a, a derby for Köln, it, it is for Leverkusen. Um, I think that's fair to say. Okay, let's move on then. Next question from at Hafid FW. Uh, a couple of player questions here. He's asking for the best replacements for Arnold and Stindl and asks, is it the right time to pick Zorlot? Now with Arnold, he suspended Stindl. We got confirmation today that he's injured um, a muscle tear, so he's going to be out for the English Woche. So where are we at with midfielders and how do you feel about Mr. Alexander up front? I feel pretty good about Zerlot. So if he's in a starting lineup, we get that because it's a Friday evening match. We got the confirmation uh, and I, I think it's not the safest pick, but like it's a really tough match uh, match day uh, to predict. And there are a lot of games, in, in my opinion, that can go both ways with added uncertainty because of coach coaching changes or like other stuff going on. If we look at Hatta, for instance, uh, where we got a positive Corona uh, test for Paul Dardai and Duri Lukibakio. So um, I think Arne Friedrich is the guy who will be with the squad. We don't have any idea how that will impact the squad. So, um, and we have a lot of games like this. And then we have Dortmund against Bremen, where everything is like, Clear, clear uh, and bright as daylight. But Dortmund, they don't have a fantasy midfielder I'm, I'm aching to bring in. Yeah, right. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, so midfielder, that's really a tough market. So I think if Olmo and Nkunku are both in, uh, in the starting lineup, it might actually be a smart move this week to double up on Leipzig because you got... Um, the certainty of them being in the starting lineup and you got a pretty good matchup. And that's really about it. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, uh, if you don't have Kostic, I think he's a guy, like, if he's not performing this week, he's performing next week. Uh, you can feel good about that. We don't know. Like, this game also with all the, the Hütter story, uh, Hütter moving from Frankfurt to Gladbach, in summer and now they're playing at Klapper. How's that impacting the game? I don't know. Uh, and, and that's really 
uh, what makes it tough? Well, how's Bayern reactions after losing to uh, Paris and they're playing at Wolfsburg, which is a really tough fixture. Uh, I would like Stuttgart, but like their midfielders are always really tough to get into because we're not sure who's playing. <laughs> yeah, maybe Kulidali, yeah. if you're looking for a cheap one, uh, is is the option you could go in midfield. But like, I like the uh, yeah. Leipzig midfielders, Olmo and Kunku. I like them both the best. And then Kostic, if you don't have him in your squad, and you can you can even make an argument for Florian Neuhaus, I think, because like I'm I'm. Yeah, I shouldn't have, like, I should have phrased the question differently. But, James, do you know uh, which team conceded the most shots at goal in the last five matches? The last five matches? Yes. Well, it's probably Gladbach, the way you've said that. No. But no, actually, it's probably Frankfurt. It's Frankfurt. If you're talking about Neuhaus. 87 shots in the last five games. And that's like, that's the most by a pretty decent wow. margin. And they're, so, the, they're the best team in 2021 in the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, they are. But they had some issues uh, at the back uh, with like uh, changing personnel and stuff. Yeah, and, injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're not a shy away matchup, I, I think, for Gladbach, but, which didn't allow it. And Neuer's more playing in the not in the, in a deeper role for Gladbach. I'm, I'm not that keen either. So you're seeing I'm I'm not loving much. Well, this is it. This is the problem uh, I had. You know, maybe, even... maybe your Andre Hahn is like you're, <laughs> you're going cheap. Why not? They playing they playing Bielefeld. Hahn or Vargas might actually be a pretty good uh, choice this week. And, and I, I can think like, of worse. Don't feel bad with spending less if you don't feel good about the guys you have to spend a lot to get into your squad. And the other uh, positive about going with Leipzig, we should mention that, is like it's Englische Woche, which means it's Tuesday evening is the next match. And it's also playing Leipzig first. Yes. So we get like next two match days, we have the lineup from Leipzig before we have to confirm our transfer. So... Uh, really going crazy with Leipzig assets, I think might be a good idea. Yeah, I, I mean, this is it. I just you could hear the the kind of the frustration and a bit of pain in that answer that you gave in terms of the player picks this weekend are not easy. And admittedly, that's not just because of this weekend's fixtures. That's because the, the framework or the template team has been absolutely smashed to pieces by the last unlimited transfers. So much so that the last two match days, no player has really, actually, no, Vekhorst and Silva, I think are the only two players that performed to a high degree in both matches. So you could make the claim that they're the template players up front, but the fixtures then come into play. Wolfsburg against Bayern this week. That's one we'll be talking about later. But this is why this weekend is a bit of a conundrum. And I think that's why we're going to potentially go a bit longer today based on the way this show is going. Because we do have a lot to get through and a lot to talk about. But I will end part one on arguably, I have to say, Flo, my favourite question that we have ever received to this show. And we've had some absolute belters before. And admittedly, Haymarket Second is someone that regularly sends in some cracking questions. But this one, for me, took the absolute biscuit, which, funny enough, is kind of a running theme now. But 
I will read it out. It says, I enjoy a clever turn of phrase. And if Talking Fußball in, in Talking Fußball episode 33 at 5721, Flo uses the expression waffle tight. He said, it's very expressive and I have taken to using it without understanding the context or origin. He says, I assume no matter the century, region or sweetness of the batter, a griddle cake implies a loose asymmetrical anarchy, while a waffle is not only refined, but infers structure formed by butter and iron. Am I correct in this assumption? And if not, <laughs> please explain. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, it's funny, but I'm pretty sure I wanted to say watertight. <laughs> but like, I'm like, I know you can't tell that, but I'm not a native speaker. <laughs> and that's probably, that's probably the issue. But I love, I'm loving the, the thought process behind that. So I'm, I'm from now on like, I'm definitely going to say a waffle tight much more often for stuff. I, I almost prefer it. I prefer it to water tight and iron. <laughs> exactly. Which like it's Zuckerbrot and Peitsche, uh, maybe in German is an expression like some sweet, some sour. So it's, 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 it's a good analogy. So I'm going to use that. So uh, yeah, that's it. Like, I, but it wasn't intentional. I can I can say uh, tell you I, that. I think on one hand, I think you maybe should have pretended like it was intentional because I think we could coin a new phrase here that waffle tight is a great way to define or, or describe certain defenses. Maybe maybe Köln will try and be waffle tight in their first game under Friedhelm Funko. I, I love it. I think it's brilliant and and it works with a four four two formation as well perfectly. So I, I might start using it more often. But yeah, the the whole uh, from button uh, butter and iron. It sounds like sunning out of Game of Thrones a little bit. Um, I, I would love for you, James, your next field interview. <laughs> to just go to the guy and say, yeah, yeah your defense, it, it really looked waffle tight today. Yeah, do, do, what, yeah. what, what was the secret? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I will try and do that for you. I don't know when my next one will be because Dortmund are now out of the Champions League. So it'll be next season potentially. But I will I will endeavor to make this happen. Or, or I'm just going to try and make waffle tight a phrase. I'm going to try and try and make sure that every... I'll use it on the Bundesliga world feed. There you go. Uh, we'll get it out to the masses and see what happens. But I, I, yeah, I, I like the fact that it was maybe a slip of the tongue, but I like the fact that we've actually uncovered a gem here that should go in the dictionary. But okay, we'll leave it there for part one, although this is a good time to remind you to check out Haymarket Seconds Twitter profile for the latest look at how things are going in the TFF Pokal or TFF Pokal. Don't know why I turn German there for a second, um, which has actually hit the Jordan Lechkov's progressive reduction round. And funny enough, only one tie has had a goal in it so far. The rest are all stuck at nil-nil, so it should make for some great second legs. But for now, we'll leave it there for part one. Join us again in part two. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Let's get RT stuck into the fixture list. And we have talked about this one already, but it is Leipzig against Hoffenheim, the Julian Nagelsmann derby, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Leipzig were 1-0 winners earlier this season and actually currently have the best defence in the Bundesliga, conceding just 23 goals. Meanwhile, Hoffenheim, they've shipped 47. They have also failed to win eight of their last 10 Bundesliga matches and are winless in their last five on the road. You then coupled that with what we talked about earlier Flo, which is in that game against Leverkusen, Hoffenheim set a club record for the least shots they've ever had in 90 minutes of Bundesliga football two shots, none on target 
And you have to favor Leipzig here on account of that, surely. Yeah, definitely. And especially on the account of being back in the title race and being able, if they win this game on Friday evening, Bayern will go uh, into the Saturday with just two points uh, between them and Leipzig. And I think that's a huge motivation boost for Leipzig. Bayern let it slip at home against Union. We talked about that last week, that... Is a good time for Union to play Bayern between the matches against PSG and that maybe we see some players we never even heard of before yeah, on, on. on the Bayern side and that actually what happened. We didn't see that that much on Leipzig. I was talking about like, that's something I have to correct. I said like uh, another slip of the tongue. I said that uh, Germany beat Hungary 3-1 to one in the World Cup final 1954 last week. And of course, it's three to two. And it's not like that I didn't know that at the time. I just misspoke. So um, that's something I should clarify. But it seems like Florian Kofeld went that route with a <laughs> yeah, totally exactly. bizarre lineup. <laughs> that's what I against, thought when I saw the Against lineups. Leipzig. And, and, and you guys, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Tobias Escher, who, like, he's one of, uh, the German tactical gurus, um, actually founded the, Spielverlagerung.de site where René Maric uh, also like uh, got on the stage of uh, tactical analysis who's now the assistant coach to Marco Rosa at Mönchengladbach and will move with him to Dortmund but yeah he like he stated that it feels like this moment uh, on 1954 what Kofeld did. So we were on the right track, just on the wrong side of it. <laughs> you were indeed. Um, but let's talk about Leipzig's lineup this week because a question from a listener, and it's the big one, because he is in both predicted lineups on Bundesliga.com and on Kicker. And it's from at FantasyBLS who says, if Angelino is in the starting lineup, should we do everything to bring him in flow? Um, yes. I, I think I like Guerrero a bit more. So if uh, if you're in the camp like me, uh, and for some reason failed to bring in Guerrero because you were working and then it was too late and uh, you didn't bring him in last week. I'm not sure if like, like my feeling now is that I would go Guerrero over Angelino uh, as a buy, but Angelino would be in second place. My only hesitation with him is that I'm not sure that he's going to play 90 minutes. Yeah. He was in the match squad at Bremen. But Nagelsmann didn't feel the need to get him onto the pitch because the match was decided pretty early. And we know Angelino, he definitely wants yeah. to play 90 minutes. Uh, the, the question is if he's allowed to. And uh, I'm a bit skeptical of that, but he might like... Defender scoring is so like a goal or an assist that changes so much for defenders. Pairing that with like a good opportunity to getting a clean sheet against Hoffenheim. Uh, I think that's a good recipe for, for, for points, even if he just plays 60 minutes, although it's not like ideal. So he's my, like, if I had to rank defenders this week, he would be in second place after Guerrero. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, actually, because, I mean, it was a point we were making about Angelino before he got injured was the fact that he wasn't quite in the same form we saw at the beginning of the season. He wasn't quite being involved in as many shots on goal, whether creating or taking them, wasn't scoring for fun like he used to. And 
yeah, perhaps a concern that that form may carry over even after this little spell on the sidelines. But I will, I do have Guerrero, and so I will be bringing him in if he is in the starting lineup. Because as we pointed out, with Leipzig having the first fixtures in the next two match days, including midweek against Köln, I think loading up on Leipzig players isn't a bad idea, and therefore I'm willing to take the risk that Angelino maybe doesn't have the 25 point plus games he was having at one point this season, but maybe settles for one that's just over 10. Um, because I'll be, I'll be quite happy with that in the context of what went down last week, especially. Um, and, and that's the thing. We had Leipzig, you know, four goals last week. Unkunku not involved in one, but he still outscored Danny Olmo. Um, and so there are a lot of avenues to go. But I think we probably discussed this one and the, the options in part one enough. So I'm tempted to move on to Wolfsburg, Bayern, which we will do. Um, because Wolfsburg are, like Bayern and Frankfurt, unbeaten at home this season in the Bundesliga. Nine wins, four draws. Uh, meanwhile, Wout Weghorst, he scored 17 goals in the 2018-19 campaign. He scored 16 last season and has 18 so far this term, but he has only scored once in five meetings with Bayern. And I have to admit, Flo, this is a bit of a conundrum for me because I'm wondering whether to stick with Weghorst because I think Bayern are fallible, can concede, and I almost, in my front line, don't like Lucas Alario more than I don't like Weghorst against Bayern, which I didn't think I'd say. But I will come on to this question uh, from a listener. It's from at Tomats9. He says, I'm in a real muddle about Bayern Wolfsburg. Yes, Bayern will give everything for the title now, but seriously, who's going to score for them? Uh, he says, maybe Chupo, Musiala for Vegas choices. He said he did bring in Musiala last week. So I think he's kind of asking how to navigate this Bayern side as well. Yeah, and I'm not in love with Bayern because we've seen them having a lot less attacking output Without Lewandowski, duh, but uh, it's happening. And without Nabry as well, I think that's something easy to forget. Maybe like missing Nabry was even more impactful against PSG because like he has that touch of like narrow-mindedness going for the stuff that works, being more efficient than Coman or Sani um, if he's on the pitch. And that, w- that was definitely some part of what was missing for Bayern uh, to going through against PSG. Uh, so I'm not in love with any Bayern assets. Uh, Chupamuteng would probably, because of his price tag, be the most sensible choice. And Zane is always like, we've, we've seen him being involved in a lot of shots. You can go with Müller as well. But I, I just think that both were played sound so far this season. They Conceded four goals uh, at home uh, at Frankfurt, which is definitely like, yeah, it gives me pause for salt, but still I'm not looking to invest in Bayern um, this week. Um, and I don't expect Musiala to play because now they're out of the Champions League. Uh, I, I think um, they will go with a more balanced approach at Wolfsburg and Musiala didn't help his cause um, after being uh, after he came on at Paris, I think he he was a weak link uh, in the Bayern uh, team when he came on, and so I don't expect him to start. That's that was always like the risk with a guy with like Musiala. We were uh, feeling safe about him last week. But he, got, he got sixteen points. So to be honest, if you did invest in him, it was a great investment. Yeah, yeah. But I, I for one think it's time to move on now from Musiala. Okay, so who would your player pick be from this game then? Yeah, I'm probably going with Chupo Moting because I, I, I think he's done enough to, like, there's no doubt that 
Flick will try some stuff like Müller playing Müller up front or, or so. I, I don't think that will happen. And then I'd rather have Chupomoting for half the price than Müller for double. Yeah, yeah. Because um, because Müller Müller needs to be involved in shots, and, and and at the moment there are just not that many shots. And with Chupomoting, I think the likelihood of him getting on the score sheet is actually higher than that of Müller scoring. Yeah, you know what? I, I would now. agree with you. I think Muller, his, his, his forte but, is the assist. I'm not looking to invest into the, that game no, at all. No, I, I, yeah. I, I just think yeah, he would be the choice if I had to. Yeah, and that's it. I think on a, on a complicated weekend, if Bayern were playing another opponent, they might have been the go-to market that people have been looking at for a bit of relief or maybe, you know, we'll splash a bit of extra cash on someone like Kimmich just because it's a safe bet. But against Wolfsburg away from home with Bayern looking a little bit ropey uh, the last couple of games, like, I, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Let's move on to a game that I think is a little bit more investable um, because this is a game that early this season produced a six-goal thriller that you might remember was dominated by Lars Stindl scoring a hat-trick uh, with two late goals. But uh, he is unavailable, as we mentioned, through injury. And if we're talking about goals, uh, we should mention Marcus Turam. Uh, he's had a direct hand in four goals in his last two games. Meanwhile, on the flip side, there's a certain Andre Silva that's banging them in for fun uh, for Eintracht Frankfurt. And uh, they've scored at least once in their last 23 matches. His run of form has certainly helped that. Uh, but that is a run that they have only twice before enjoyed. And that was back in the 1970s. So uh, this game should provide more fancy dividends and if so Flo who are you picking yeah I think it's a, should, could be a good game for both sides uh, like I said before that Frankfurt like is conceding a lot of shots lately and we've seen a positive positive signs from Gladbach uh, they handled the way pretty good after uh, Zoma was sent up I, I think that was quite a big feat uh, to, to get something out of Berlin on that day but like it's hard to gouge how big this Stindl hole is, and if they are able to fill that, um, we're not sure. Like, are we sure that Jonas Hoffmann can he play, or is isn't he available still? Well, the thing is, okay, so he's he's in the predicted squads, but not the predicted lineups, okay. which suggests that he's back. But I mean, it's another one of those where you genuinely. And we've experienced this this season. You don't know how these players are going to react to the after effects of COVID. You know, we've had like the likes of Huang, who was out for a long time. Marin Pongracic, you know, was gasping for air after 45 minutes of action for Wolfsburg at one point. And so therefore I would, I would assume that any club will now take the better safe than sorry approach. Yeah, I hope so. But it's definitely like Glapper's attacking players taking a hit without Hofmann and Stindl. But I still think you could like you could be all right. I'm not looking to invest into Gladbach, but I'm also not looking to sell. And on on the other hand, I think Kostic and Silva, like you stick with them. I'm not sure like if there were priorities for me to to buy, but if you have the money, I think both are safe options, and you're you're saving yourself, you're giving yourself flexibility in the future because you don't have to uh, sell them at any point, basically. And that's definitely a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can rely on them so much. Yeah, but I think the guy we have to mention here now is World Cup winner, <laughs> Eric Dorn. <laughs> there it is. I was wondering. He's getting back to being a fantasy asset. So if you need a cheap defender, he, he is actually... Yeah, like... Uh, 
Yeah. yeah, for me, it's like Umvena and Durm right now. If you're looking for like the really, really budget defenders, those two are the prior, the, the premium picks yeah. right now. And yeah, he scored, uh, in that 4-3, uh, win over Wolfsburg as well, which helps his cause definitely. Okay. Let's move on to Freiburg against Schalke. Then again, we have discussed Freiburg a little bit already, but they have suffered more Bundesliga defense defeats, excuse me, since the start of March than any other club. Meanwhile, Schalke, they've won just two of their last 44 Bundesliga matches and are winless in their previous 24 on the road. So two out-of-form teams. Who's your player pick from this one, Flo? I'm going with Christian Günther. Um, uh, Roland Schalke is yeah, close second. So I'm going back to the well with Schalke and Günther. And um, yeah, actually, I'm, like, I'm feeling good about having them in my squad and I hope it pays off now. And like I said, I'm not convinced that uh, Schalke is any threat you should shy away off. Uh, especially like which helped my course in thinking that is that Schalke conceded only six shots at Leverkusen and you were thinking, oh, maybe they, they are able to like to be more solid and then they're conceding 13 shots to Augsburg the next week. Yeah. And like Leverkusen is having just seven shots at Hoffenheim and you think, oh, maybe it's not, it wasn't Schalke, it was Leverkusen yeah, creating the problem <laughs> in the first place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Freiburg. And these are the two, especially since we're not sure if Grifo is able to be back and if he would be, if he's able to play 90 minutes. So it's because uh, he also had a positive corona test. And same with Hofmann. We're not sure when he's back to 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the other thing with Freiburg, I think if they were really like in the thick of the, the race for European qualification, they might have taken the risk with someone like Grifo, but because like the defeats recently have just taken that chance really away from them, I, th- I think Strike is one that strikes me as being uh, a sensible person in that respect. But no, I think that's a, I think, yeah, Gun- Gunter Schalai, definitely good picks. Although I will throw a name out, Demirovic. Um, he's coming back from suspension. I think he could be a bit of a differential. Of course, it's one of your precious three striker yes. roles, so take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought I'd throw his name out there as well. Yeah, and he w- like... Oftentimes he's substituted too early. That, that that makes me a bit like nervous. Yeah, when you've got Peterson. I, I like him in, th- in theory. I like him, but I, I can't see myself uh, awarding him one of my three striker spots. Yeah, I just y- don't see it. You know what? As well, yeah, I, even off the top of my head, I can name two strikers I'd rather pick this weekend than Demirovic. So yeah, uh, don't listen to me. Um, let's move on instead to the next game. Union against Stuttgart. I'll just leave flow to the pair picks. That's the way it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, feel free. Um, yeah, so. you, you, you're having the better fantasy season it's after true, all. So you like... Yeah, it's for crazy moves like yeah. bringing in Demirovic on a weekend like this. That's exactly the reason I'm at where I'm at. Um, but okay, let's move on. Union Stuttgart. Only Bayern have scored more headed goals this season than Union's 12. And in the game of headers, we can't not mention someone called Sasa Kalajic, who uh, proved Flo right because he said stick by him. There was no no reason not to stick by him against Dortmund. He popped up with 10 points and a headed goal. Seven of his team-leading 14 Bundesliga goals have been headers. So this could be uh, a game of head tennis between these two, potentially. In terms of a player pick for who are you going for i think i'm going with koulibaly just because of his price tag and his his role is pretty secure which can't be said about any other stuttgart midfielder un- unfortunately so if didavi were locked to play and we would feel good about him getting like more than 70 minutes 
would love to get him in because every time you sort stats after per on a per minute ratio, Didavi is up there. <laughs> but but you know who's actually the best in the Bundesliga on that? Well, I was going to say I know why Didavi's up there. It's because he can't ever play ninety minutes. The poor guy yeah. is a, a injury risk at all times. So, but still, yeah, but if he's the on the pitch, uh, he's performing. And but like Peterson, Nils Peterson, no, it's Philip Clement, oh, okay. also Stuttgart midfielder. Okay, <laughs> but he he played like two hundred stuff minutes, but he or, already has I think three. Score points, two assists and a goal to his name. So, yeah, but he doesn't play. It's just like uh, these players are popping up if I sort stats after a permanent ratio, which is sometimes helpful. Okay. Uh, but since I'm not convinced that Didavi will play that long, uh, I'm not going with him. I, I think we can, what we might see with Stuttgart is Gonzalo Castro being phased out because it was announced now that uh, Stuttgart won't extend his contract. And I think at one point they don't have any incentive to, to play him because he's 33 years old. They have a lot of younger midfielders um, that maybe can benefit of getting minutes in the Bundesliga. And I, I think we could see that going forward with less minutes for Castro. So if any one of you have him in your squads, uh, I, I think it's maybe time to let, let him go. Yeah, no, I could see, I could definitely see them doing it um, in in terms of phasing him out. Um, so yeah, okay, let's move on to Augsburg against Bielefeld. Uh, now, in terms of games that you don't really like the look of as fantasy managers, this is probably up there with the best of them because Bielefeld have fired off a league low two hundred and fifty one shots on goal so far this season. Second bottom is Augsburg with two hundred and sixty one, which doesn't bode well for fantasy owners. Um, even though I mean I'm an Andre Hahn owner myself. So in terms of a player. Pick flow. I, I kind of have to ask you for one, but I'm assuming that in terms of recommendations, we're probably saying steer clear of this fixture, right? I'm not sure. I mean, it's like what's going to like something's going to break here because uh, you said how little shots they get off, but they also conceding a lot of shots. Augsburg um, uh, since the turn of the year, 14.7 shots per game on average, third worst. And Bielefeld coming behind with 13.9 shots conceded per game since the turn of the year. That's the fourth worst. So maybe we see the fantasy value up a bit because of the opponent. And that's why uh, I don't mind going with guys like Vargas or Hahn in this fixture. I'm not like, I'm not convinced with Bielefeld assets because like, uh, they they producing even lower numbers than than Augsburg um, output wise uh, shots output so I'm 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 I might lean going with Augsburg yeah well th- yeah that's it I think Augsburg at least have a few options right with Bielefeld it really does feel like Rizzo Doan or bust although I mean Andreas Vogelsammer has been just firing off shots for fun yeah, in the but last couple of games isn't he a striker but, in the game yeah that was exactly my yeah, next line but he's a striker get, so get I get off my lawn well that's it if I'm yeah. gonna if I'm you gonna could go with Erling Haaland or piece. you bring in Andreas Vogelsammer <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> that's yeah I'm definitely going with uh, yeah. with Andreas Vogelsammer there um, 100% with his 7 shots on goal last weekend uh, yeah. and, um, and drink your craft beer while <laughs> <laughs> sticking your pinky f- away from the glass if I'm bringing that? in Vogelsammer 
Pickles Irma. I'm not drinking yeah. craft beer. I'm drinking absinthe float and lots of it. Um, but no, okay, uh, let, let's move on then uh, to the next game because it's the first of our standalone fixtures this week. Uh, Leverkusen against Köln. Now, Leverkusen were 4-0 winners earlier this season, but as we pointed out, they look a little different nowadays under Hannes Wolf. Uh, he has taken four points from his possible six in his first two games. That's the best start made by any Leverkusen coach since Roger Schmidt back in 2014-15. Meanwhile, Köln are on their longest winless run of any Bundesliga club. Eight matches right now, and they've claimed just two points in that time. That's why we saw Marcus Gisdol let go, despite a performance um, where you can certainly say they were playing for him. They didn't put in a bad performance against Mainz, but that that was a game where a lot went against them. Um, and unfortunately, that can be so decisive in relegation six pointers. But Friedhelm Funkel coming in. The question I really have, and we've kind of alluded to this, is Hannes Wolf killing Leverkusen's fantasy potential completely? Yeah. I mean, it's still probably too early to to judge, definitely. But it looks like it. And we've got Cologne with a new coach. Already talked about how I uh, believe that first things first, he's going to park the bus and try to keep a clean sheet as long as possible. And then maybe something will happen on the other end. But if not, it's also fine for Cologne. If they get away with a goalless draw in the first game with, with Funkel, they actually will be happy because... Like Cologne and Mainz couldn't be more different what they are up for. Because Mainz is looking really good right now. They're playing Hatta and then at Bremen. But then it turns brutal and they're playing Bayern, Frankfurt, Dortmund and Wolfsburg to close out the season. So you, you couldn't invent a more brutal stretch of games. That's why, that's why they need to um, hold as many points as they can right now. <laughs> yeah, and... Like with Cologne, it's now Leverkusen, then it's Leipzig, but last four games, Augsburg, Freiburg, Hertha and Schalke. So I think what Cologne is feeling, we have to like get something, keep the distance until we hit that stretch of form. So, um, uh, and that's why actually I'm not sure that uh, Mainz is over the hill. Uh, no, 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 they're not. Um, with, with their performances, they, 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 I think they need four points out of the next two games. Minimum, yeah. To, to, to be in a, in a good position because of the brutal stretch of games they're facing uh, to close out the season. Yeah, but that reasoning with Funkel uh, definitely adds on me not wanting to invest in Leverkusen. Although I have to say that, like this feeling, like if it's going to happen, it's like a bottle of ketchup and all the stuff <laughs> yeah. is running on the plate. And uh, definitely Cologne is an opponent where that might happen. Yeah, especially if they don't keep things waffle tight at the back. Yeah, you know? but it, like the only guy I would invest in is just Florian Wurz because he's cheap enough. Um, we know he's got the potential. He actually looked decent at Hoffenheim. Um, yes. So I, that would be like the only, and it's a standalone fixture. These would be the arguments for going with words. And, and like, if you want to travel into the unknown, uh, that's definitely going with Leverkusen assets now. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good way of describing it. And yes, be aware, if you are going to bring in any Leverkusen players, make it a one and done, because uh, they do have Bayern next, uh, in midweek, actually. Yeah. yeah, fair point as well. Definitely. Yeah. But that is a shame, because yeah, you'd look at this game and go, oh, a standalone fixture, this should be so investable, and it just doesn't feel like it. So let's move on to Dortmund against Bremen, which, unfortunately, even... 
being from a, a Bremen disposition yourself, you are admitting could be a very profitable one for fantasy owners because Erling Haaland, uh, he is on a goal drought for club and country that now stands at 585 minutes. He'll fancy his chances and I'm sure be incredibly hungry to end that drought against Bremen because Bremen are the only Bundesliga team to have lost their last four Bundesliga matches and are at risk of getting dragged into the relegation battle a little bit. So need to be careful. But the question I've got here for you, Flo, is how do you think Dortmund are going to react to getting knocked out of the Champions League? Do you think it will have any effect? I believe it might have a positive effect because now like, it's not, there's no question mark any longer. If they want to play in the Champions League next year, they, ha- they, they have to basically win out in the Bundesliga and hope that either Wolfsburg or Frankfurt let it slip. And I mean, it's seven points to Frankfurt, eight points to Wolfsburg, six points, uh, six games uh, to play, still to play. So if they get 18 points, it might or might not be enough. But like, it's now, everything is clear and that might help them. And what definitely helps them is, is Bremen being abysmal right now and Toprak and Augustinsson being injured. Which is, uh, that it could, like, these are two of the three most important guys of yeah. the squad. So, yeah, it's definitely not good news. D- Davies Elk is the third, right? Of course. <laughs> Christian Gross is the third one. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock, no, don't I, knock Christian I was talking Gross. About I love Marco his fairytale story. <laughs> um, but I still think that Toprak no. and um, Augustinsson are the most important no, definitely. players, period. So, uh yeah, it's definitely a big hit. It's it's a bad timing because in midweek they're playing Mainz, and this is a like this is such a crucial game. It could be that that Kofeld is saying, "Well, Mainz is more important. I'll give some players a rest, maybe." Um, but I'm not sure that the squad is broad enough to to even do that because they got injuries piling up again. Yeah, so not a good situation for Bremen. Yeah, it's a, tough call. it's, it's and, a very and, I mean, good situation yeah. for Dortmund. So, and I expect them to to beat Bremen handily. And first thing I looked was if Ansgar Knaus is a midfielder or a striker in the game. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he's playing on the right flank, which means he's he's facing off not against Augustinsson, but Felix Agu. Ich bin Felix Agu. Felix Who's a decent Agu. player, but his strengths are in attack and. Uh, and, and he's questionable as well. I'm not even sure who will play there if if uh, Agu also isn't a goal. So uh, I, I agree. I think you'd like that matchup, and unfortunately, he's a he's a he's a striker in the game. Um, otherwise, he would have been, I think, probably top of our list for Super Champion this week. <laughs> definitely, Royce is a striker in the game as well. So we like we don't have an investable midfielder uh, of Dortmund, and that's unfortunate. Right? Unless you go with Jude Bellingham, going with with your guy, but I mean, he did score twice in a row, but hasn't scored before in the Bundesliga, so I wouldn't bank on him being that involved yeah. uh, up front. So, yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. He's he's clearly tried to add goals to his game in the last couple of months, like maybe since you know the the turn of the year, and it's it's helped. The problem is, it, even though he's doing that, he's not involved in a lot of shots. Yes. So it might be his one shot that ends up in a goal or a shot on target, but there's no guarantee that he's actually going to be involved in setting them up or taking himself, uh, taking them himself that really could rack up the points. And I think that is the 
the one flaw with Jude Bell, and it's arguably the reason he's priced at just over 11 million and not, you know, 15 plus. It's exactly that reason because they're, they're not quite in his locker the same way it is for other players. But I agree with you. It's a conundrum. The fact that there's no Dortmund midfielders that we can really jump on because it would be a great weekend to do so given the flexibility they do afford. And midfielders are a conundrum in general. So let's move on to our last game because unfortunately, I don't think we've maybe got a couple of suggestions in midfield from this game. I've got one in my player picks, especially, but it's Mike's against Hertha. Now, the other thing that we need to be wary of right now, and this is quite a live situation, I don't think anything's been decided because Hertha, as many will know, have had an outbreak of COVID. There is talk of Hertha going into a quarantine period and therefore their games being postponed. It would then mean that they have a couple of midweek matches in May to make up for the fixtures. So that's just something to be wary of with them. I don't think it's going to affect this game against Mainz. They will get quarantined, but they allow to leave the quarantine for playing and practice. So um, right now it it, it should be a go, this match. But I agree with you that a lot can happen from now until kickoff and a lot can happen from Friday night until kickoff. Yeah, so I I actually wouldn't feel comfortable with any player out of this match because I wouldn't count it out that it will be cancelled, especially since both teams are not in the cup competition. So there's a free weekend where uh, they would be able to play that game. For now, it looks like it's going to, uh, to be played. But I guess if like one or two uh, more uh, of Hatter players are positive for Corona, uh, from now until then, I, I, I'm like, I think it's going to be postponed then because that's what happened in the second division a lot. So for some reason, yeah, uh, it seems like the clubs in the second division, uh, every time they get a corona, everyone has to be quarantined for two weeks and the games are called off. And in the Bundesliga, we haven't seen that so far. So there's some difference in how these things are handled. But... It, I think it might be the first time we see that in the Bundesliga with Hertha because like, there are few guys already involved. It's the head coach and you have to imagine that he had contact. And I mean, Paul Dardai did put a picture of himself going to the uh, the coiffeur. Is that a word you can say in English? I just want to come across as very posh. <laughs> That yeah. was very posh. Yeah, you need but, to have your but, pinky out when you're drinking your tea I did now. that only because I didn't know the, the, the real phrase for coiffeur. What is it, James? Well, like a hairdresser. Haird- oh, hairdresser. <laughs> so, yeah, but it that, is. I, lo- I the coiffeur. Okay, is such now a fancy that I know, I'm it. definitely going to keep saying coiffeur. <laughs> but he posted a picture on social media of him visiting the coiffeur without wearing his mask. And I think without the I'm not sure if the coiffeur wore a mask, but definitely not something you think, oh, they are sensible for the issues that that is out there during a pandemic. Yeah, right. So uh, now he's the guy who's positive and I can't imagine him wearing the mask being with the team at all times if he can't, like if he's in a closed room with a hairdresser. That's not a good word, James. You have to invent another. Like, couldn't we do something with waffle <laughs> instead? 
It's a hair waffler. <laughs> well, oh, that might, that might. Yeah. Hair waffler. Okay. No, I, I just think if you don't Wait, wear your mask when you're going on that, I'm no putting idea. that on social media. And I'm, I'm uh, like, yeah. I'm, what I want to say is uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there were a lot of, a lot more cases coming out of Berlin um, from now until the a kickoff. And that's it. I don't think, I don't think it needs a lot more. I think it needs, it needs like one or two, one yes. or two more and they'll, they'll shut it down. I think for the, for the risk factor alone. And, and that is certainly a concern with this. And it's a shame as well, because if we're being honest, I know Hertha haven't been in great form all season. Yes, they're involved in the relegation battle, but their run in till the end of the season was making them look like a very investable team. Um, after this game against Mainz, they've got Freiburg at home, Schalke away, Bielefeld and Köln at home, and then Hoffenheim on the final day. So <laughs> this is a great, this was a, a time I was really looking to bring in here to players. And I did just do a quick check because if it does get called off, we all know that the rule now is that you get the average points. Mateusz Kunja has nine mm-hmm. average points. <laughs> so may not well, be the worst player to bring in, even if it does get called off because you're Guaranteed nine. You know what, what? What the question for me is: Can you star him? Oh, can you star him oh. if he's not playing? If the game is postponed, can you star him and get fourteen points that way? I, I, I you know what? I bet you can. <laughs> I really bet you can. I mean, then you would have a real safety blanket. Um, if that's going to happen. I, I, I 100% agree. Because um, the fact is, Cunha was in great form last week as well. Yes. I mean, him, yeah. him and Cordero are both leading uh, the, the goal scoring for Hertha with seven goals each. And, and both had good games last time out, actually. Cordoba scored more than Cunha, if I'm right, in the fantasy game uh, by a couple of points. Uh, and this is it. They were looking good. And okay, Mainz are in form as well. So this wasn't the best fixture necessarily, but it was a time that you could invest and maybe hold those hair to assets. And now this is all being thrown up in the air a little bit. Of course, I mean, I'd say stick close to sources like official DNL on Twitter, uh, you know, check on the kicker website regularly to see if there are updates because that's where you'll find them as, as and when we get them. But be wary. Yeah, and I think the official DFL account, so DFL, um, the official one on Twitter, they're not tweeting much, but if it's officially postponed, this is the place where you get the confirmation. And I think they have an English account as well. They do. Yep. So, uh, yeah. But you'll get the news first on the German I one. I actually have an alarm if they tweet something out because they're doing it like twice a week. It's not that annoying, but um, if, if there's news of a, of a game being postponed or stuff like that, uh, you, you got it pretty... Um, pretty early on your phone, which is nice. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. Um, but yeah, so be be very wary of the uncertainty with that Mainz uh, to game. But can we just pretend for a second like it's going to go ahead, Flo? Yes. Who are you looking at in this game? I mean, is it is it Cunha or Bust? Yeah, we already mentioned Vienna. I think it's you could definitely stick with him, especially um, for his price tag. Um, Barrero is a guy, he's really playing well lately um he's cheap only a bit more than 5 million yeah, he's another guy I'd look at and maybe even see Fui cuz he's really playing in an attacking role and that would be uh, the Hatter defender I should clarify that um yeah but that's it and I'm not, like I'm not in love with that pick especially cuz his average points are pro- probably abysmal yeah they, yeah so yeah, they, uh, he's yeah. had a couple of minuses in there with some red cards and whatnot. 
Yeah, especially if you're thinking about bringing Hatter players in, maybe check the average points first, so you get you get to know the floor <laughs> you're, you're getting yourself in. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the problem as well. Like we, there's uncertainty as to whether Mittelstädt or Plattenhardt will start on the left now as well, because yes. Mittelstädt would have yeah. been a player I'd be maybe recommending at this stage with those fixtures. But if there's uncertainty as to who's the starting left back once yeah. again, I swear we've gone through this whole season flow without never once yeah. knowing who the first choice left back is for for Hertha. <laughs> Really annoying. Absolutely frustrating. Uh, and I agree with you, and that's why I mentioned Seafurg, and I didn't mention Mittelstädt just because of the uncertainty. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, that's why you were you were right to do it. I was just providing context. Um, okay, let's let's move on and close the show uh, with our player picks, taking everything that we've discussed into account. Uh, Vegas choice flow. Who are you going for? I'm going with Alexander Zerlot. Um, Friday evening, two standalone fixtures in a row for. Leipzig and with all the uncertainty we have on that weekend, I think it's just smart business to to front load your squad. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I took a bit of a different avenue with my Vegas choice and threw one that was very left field out there, um, but very cheap. 2.1 million um, and it's Matteo Moray because he does seem to have captured, I think it was a couple of weeks ago I mentioned, it looks like he may be first choice right back. And that's certainly the way things have continued to go under Aidan Terzic. And so at 2.1 million, a great way to get into that Dortmund back line. And let's be honest, I mean, Bremen capable of scoring goals, but the odds of getting a clean sheet aren't bad for Dortmund in that game. Um, Not at all. And and he does like to get forward as well, we should point out. Set up, set up a goal against Stuttgart in that 3-2 victory, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how about Super Schnepchen then, Flo? I mean, it's a bit pricey for a super schnäppchen, uh, and I'm changing it. Uh, I have Florian Wurzchen <laughs> down here with 8.3 million, but like it was because I thought it's tough to get a real super schnäppchen. But I mean, I talked up Tangi Kulibali, and I, I think he's the best budget midfield at 1.7 million. Uh, I think he's actually a, a, a quite quite a decent pick. So I'm going with him. And and I actually would go probably would go uh, Han and Vargas over Wurz as well. Um, after all the things like um, it's a process we're doing while recording <laughs> the the podcast that sometimes you 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 churn your thoughts over a bit and you come to different conclusions than you saw before. And <laughs> after all that, I'm I'm probably liking Han and Vargas even more than Wurz, so he would be my number four. Yeah, and Kulibali would be my super schnäppchen, although we have to clarify that they, after the match at Union, which is a nice one, I think it's, or at least a decent one, they're playing Wolfsburg and Leipzig after that. And last three games are good, again, with Augsburg, Gladbach and, and Bielefeld. But yeah, so I, I think don't, it's not good to have too many Stuttgart options right now, although I might be inclined to hold Bonas Sosa even during the stretch with the games uh, against Wolfsburg and Leipzig. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, that's a debate I'm having as to whether this might be the time to jump off the Borna Sosa ship. The problem is he's involved in so many shots on goal that even if they don't have a great game and they concede, he's likely to pick up a fair amount of points. That's the, that is the conundrum. But I agree with you, Flo. If anyone listens to this show thinking that me and you have it all sorted out before we start recording, that's never the case. That's like, this is, this is my forum to figure out my thought process. And sometimes Flo throws out a name that I haven't thought of and vice versa. And it changes every thought process I've had uh, till then. So, 
yeah, we this might be useful for you guys out there as well, but it's very, very useful for Flo and I <laughs> in terms of working out our thoughts. Um, and I'll be honest, I had Tangi Koulibaly written down first as well, and then actually changed my mind and went for Leandro Barrero, uh, 5.3 million, the Mainz midfielder. Admittedly, the uncertainty of that fixture is still there, but he is in really good form and, and was getting forward into some very good positions against Köln. So could do the same against Hertha. How about your banker flow then? Yeah, my first banker is Erling Haaland, but that feels a bit stale. But just feel this is this is like I wouldn't be surprised if Dortmund scores four more goals uh, on the match because Bremen looked bad and like they 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 issues uh, without Toprak and Augustinsson I think are unsurmountable for for Bremen to tackle. So uh, yeah, Haaland definitely I expect him to be back on the score score sheet. Um, but since he's too boring, boring um, my second one would be Rafael Guerrero. Um, so I expect uh, uh, a lot of Dortmund and Guerrero is a pivotal part. And maybe we see the double up again with Schultz and Guerrero as well. Uh, it's not out of the question. So, yeah, definitely loving Guerrero. Yeah, it's great to see him back. Um, and even though he's in that left back role, which we discussed, you know, it hampering his fantasy value, um, he's still picking up a, a good amount of points, which is uh, definitely good news for us. I'll be honest with my banker. I do have Mateusz Cunha written down, 16 million, but that is purely on the proviso that, of course, that game goes ahead. I will throw out the safer option and I'll actually steal Flo's Vegas choice, Alexander Zerlot. Um, if we get any news or any whiff of there being more positive cases at Hertha, I will probably go down the route of, t- of taking the Friday night striker um, and just and just being safe there. But I, I wanted to throw Cunha out there anyway. And as we mentioned, if if the, if you do bring him in and it does get called off, you've got nine points in the back. Um, and there are certainly worse returns that you can have this weekend than nine points from Mateusz Cunha in a game he doesn't play in. So uh, hopefully that has given you enough to work with. Admittedly, we will not be doing a show for the midweek fixtures, but I promise we will. Oh, sorry. I promise I'll be on Twitter on Tuesday evening. If you do have any burning thoughts, questions that you want to bounce off someone else, I'll be on Twitter ready to reply because I'm not commentating any of the midweek matches. And then the thing is we will return on Thursday. Yeah, I I will be working on Tuesday, so I can't make, I'm probably not being able to get in touch uh, on Tuesday. Well, I figured you'd be live tickering something. So that's, that's why I thought yeah. I'd, I'd throw out the, the promise that I would be on Twitter. But yeah, we will be back on Thursday with the next show ahead of match day, what, 31 that'll be. So you can join us again then. But for now, that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Fußball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Fußball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you haven't yet, join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now. From me, your host, James Thorogood, Flo, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. Thank you.